What's happening, folks? I am Alicia Henley, a.k.a. The Smooth Factor. Welcome to my Crash Pad. This is a podcast for technologists, creatives, and my techie tribe. On it, we'll be going behind the scenes and looking at some of the latest technologies that drives incredible experiences. And of course, we'll have open discussion on the challenges, success, and the designs of these spaces. So without further ado, let's hop into this week's episode. Can you imagine a modern town square with a playful, interactive, musical clock tower? Well, me either, until I saw the chromophone. A beautiful design done by ESI Design and NBBJ Studios. This public art installation turns the plaza at 101 North Brand in downtown Glendale, California into a fun, engaging destination and turns its visitors into musicians. The clock tower is outfitted with a display that is 63 feet high and 12 feet wide. But there is a load of technology that went into curating this experience at the 101 North Brand. On today's episode, Chris Snyder and Aaron Mack, both of ESI Design and NBBJ Studio, dropped by my crash pad to tell us all about what went into the creation of the chromophone. Thank you so much for coming to my crash pad. I am excited to talk about this project because one, the video is just amazing and I have never seen a project like this. There's many different types of art installations with sound involved, but this one is very unique. So thank you guys for taking the time out to come hang with me in my crash pad. No problem, happy to be here. Good to be here. All right, so let's just kick this thing off. Um, like Like I've said before on previous episodes, almost every episode is about a picture or a video that I've seen uh, just going down the rabbit hole looking for really cool and exciting projects. So when I saw the chromophone, I immediately wrote Tarly and I was like, we have to talk about this project. I want people to know the beauty within this this specific project. <laughs> so before we before we get diving into that, let's take a step back and tell the people, um, Chris and Aaron, about what you guys do at ESI, and then we will segue into uh, what all's happening there at the chromophones for the people who haven't seen the videos. So, Chris, let's let's kick it off. What do you do at ESI? Well, I'm a uh, physical design leader, which means I am one of a couple of people that is in charge of the physical design department. That is the architectural um, integration side of all the experience design that we do at ESI. And I was also the lead designer on this particular project. Awesome. And Aaron, what what was your what's your role at the company, and what was it like being a part of the Chromophone? Like, what 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 was your role on the project? Uh, so I am media operations manager at ESI. I've been there for about five years, and I'm actually in the production department. So I primarily work on coordinating uh, responses to issues with software and hardware for completed projects. But my former life, I was a full time theatrical sound designer, and so. Um, when this project got going and they were looking for someone internally to do the sound design, um, I ended up getting roped into the project, which was pretty cool. Nice. Uh, audio heads. We get involved in a lot of things because like even with digital signage, when you add that audio part to it, it really just takes, you know, things to the next level. So it's a whole different world. Yeah, so from an audio head myself, that is amazing and something exciting to be a part of. So let's dive into what all is happening there on the property. Um, Chris, let's let's walk us through this, man, as you know, one of the leaders on this project. And for people who haven't seen a video or a picture, 
Um, let's do a brief description of the chromophome. Um, so uh, the chromophome is uh, an interactive audiovisual piece um, as the centerpiece of a plaza in Glendale, California, which is uh, part of Los Angeles greater area. Um, this is uh, a large open public plaza uh, on the main um, street of Glendale, which is North Brand. And uh, it's in an area that is uh, full of restaurants and theater things and like lots of different kinds of um, uh, entertainment industry kind of thing. So uh, the plaza itself, uh, where this uh, chromophone is located, is is actually um, uh, what we were tasked by the client to redevelop. Um, so the chromophone is, is one part of the building redevelopment and the plaza redevelopment uh, for 101 North Brand. So um, what you'll see um, as you approach this is um, a large 63-foot-tall uh, um, video installation that is integrated into the building. Um, it's visible up and down North Brand Avenue, and it has a large clock tower element um, embedded in the top of it. And clock tower seems like, when I, when I was reading through it, I was like, clock tower, you think of something that is kind of like, olden like medieval times for some reason i don't know if i think about a clock tower um but this looks nothing like it's very modern it looks nothing like uh what what would come to mind if you think of a clock tower but it's well, that's what makes it unique well what we were thinking was that that what is what is the the heart of a village what is the heart of a, of a city and the village green at um which was often anchored by a clock tower um, was really the heart of, of towns. And so we wanted to bring that kind of energy, that kind of uh, feeling that makes it uh, the central part of, of a city to this area. So this is a modern, interactive, high-tech um, display that is a, a take on a clock tower. So even though it does tell the time, it does many other things as well. Yeah, and, and it's really cool because when I think of, a, I don't know, an older version of a clock tower, you think of that big bell, you know, the ringing. And this is where the sound element comes into this project. So, Aaron, let's let's talk about this musical instrument because the, the signage is great, but it's a partnership between the signage and the sound that really takes this project to the next level. So from a musical instru instrument side of the project, what all is that involving? Tell us about tell us about the sound side of it. Sure. Well, I'll say first, it does bong like a clock tower every hour on the hour. It really does. That is part of it, um, which is just kind of fun. I got to do a sort of modern take on what a you know a modern digital clock tower would sound like, which was super fun. Mm. Um, but the <laughs> the installation has two modes: the elemental mode and the waterfall mode. Um, the elemental mode, if you hit the interaction points and it creates an animation on the screen, the waterfall mode turns everything into basically a sequencer, right? So uh, all of the buttons on each of the interaction points mirror what's up on the clock tower. Um, and as far as the sound goes, it schedules between those two modes throughout the day. The elemental mode, you hit one of the buttons and it plays a small composition in a certain, um, what I'll call an instrument, but a group of sounds. Um, and so each one of the interaction points has um, like eight different patterns within that instrument sound. And then 
each of them has its own sort of grouping of sounds. And so you hit that button and it plays a, a little bit of a composition. Um, the idea being that if you don't know what you're doing and you just kind of want to have fun, it's really easy to make it interesting, but it's also all in a tempo. So if you do know what you're doing and you kind of try to match that tempo, you can play what feels like a sort of never ending little piece of music with these individual mini compositions. Um, and then the waterfall is exactly what a sequencer is, right? Um, it has a, a sort of playhead that moves down actively through. Um, and then when it hits the bottom, it comes back up to the top. And as you hit the buttons, all of the little lights light up and uh, it plays patterns and chords based on the different buttons that you've pushed. Gotcha. So the sound from the space that is, that's creating the sounds kind of with touch there also is reflecting something up on the digital side of it that is corresponding with the sound. Yeah, exactly. You're both playing with this thing in a visual and an auditory way simultaneously. Gotcha. Now, this is a random question, but would a band or like not necessarily a band, but people that know music, would they be able to walk up to the chromophone and play a piece in unison like together? Um, I think so. Yeah. And that's that was one of the goals. Right. Um that was that was placed on the project from the beginning. Ed um, Edwin Sloshberg is our the, the founder of ESI Design, and he's really into collaboration. Collaboration is his thing, um, and so it started. I remember, and maybe this is something for Chris to touch on, but it started as like a piano keyboard type interaction point, and it sort of slowly spread out into these five different interaction points, so that it would be more interactive for multiple people as opposed to one person playing one instrument. Right, Chris. That's right. And, and you can use the, the two different modes separately. And I, I like to kind of think about it, um, these, these pylons that you see on the, on the deck uh, overlooking the piece uh, as almost like they're instruments in a band uh, for some one way you can play it. You can also think of them as, as kind of keys on a keyboard. Um, and they're also linked directly to um, what you're seeing above. So the lighting that you see up there is actually reflected down on the on the things that you actually touch. So as you as you toggle a, a button on or off, you'll actually see an animation at the touch point as well as up uh, in very large scale on the building. This is literally this is a project that touches a handful of senses. Like you're touching things, you're seeing things, you're hearing things. The lighting is changing. It really plays into the end user really being fully immersed in the middle of their city, just having a great time making, you know, making noise in the heart of their city. Yeah, absolutely. I um, I remember one particular moment when we were doing, we were filming the um, some of the marketing materials and there was a little girl, she must've been 12 years old. She was there with the family getting photos taken of her playing the instrument. And um, she, during a lunch break, we were all just sitting around in the square eating. And I looked up and I saw her playing the waterfall mode. And you could tell that in that moment, she got it. And she was yeah. actually playing the instrument. She was changing the patterns and running back and forth and looking up and watching what she was doing and hearing what she was doing. And it was one of the best moments being around that instrument because it was the first time where I was like, ah, we did it. I think we did it. Like she's really, yeah. it was super cool. Right. That's amazing because I was thinking of it when I saw the video, I was like, Hey, if I was a kid, I'm going to run up to this thing and just start smashing it and just it'll probably be like a nuisance to the people around me but let's talk about I remember when we were talking about it before we actually hit record the challenges of creating sound that was pleasant no matter 
what mode you were in, no matter if you are kind of just smacking around at the buttons or if you were an actual musician. So what were the challenges in creating like pleasant sound, right? And also being mindful of the community around this village area that you've created. Well, in terms of the sound being pleasant, we um, ESI is big on mock-ups in the office, which turns out to be really important and was super important in this case. We took a sequencer that mapped the number of buttons that would be on the actual interaction points. So I could do the sound design and then put them into the sequencer and then people could play, right? And we'd have reviews. And there was a particular day where I put a series of sounds into the sequencer that I was working on that I, I thought was pretty good. I was, you know, getting to a point where I was comfortable with it. And then Chris walks over and starts pushing the buttons and discovers a couple of dissonant sounds on each of the buttons next to each other. So he pushes all of the buttons that make the dissonant sounds, and it just starts playing bad sound after bad sound after bad sound. <laughs> and then he just sort of walked away and left it there for me to, you know, take in and realize that the entire concept now had to be completely changed. So um, at that point... I switched over to pentatonic scales. So um, right now, everything is pentatonic. There are no dissonant tones um, when played next to each other. So no matter what you do, you don't have any dissonance. And that creates a sort of interesting thing, too, where you never have a resolution. So like it doesn't ever really stop. You can't hit a point where you feel like the music stops and resolves, uh, which I think makes it kind of fun. Gotcha. And, and Chris, that's a way to go in and troubleshoot. Just, you know, that yeah, sounds I mean, like it was a fun day. Uh, you know, as Aaron said, we, we always like to do mock-ups and we mocked up pretty much every part of this uh, multiple times, actually, in our office and on site. Um, we built a whole section of it on site to kind of stress test it. And then uh, we also built a section of it in our office in New York and rolled it out onto the sidewalk just to look at the way the fixtures and the kind of perforated metal and all that um, architectural integration kind of really, uh, really worked in different lighting environments as well. Gotcha. And, and this kind of, this kind of brings it to my next question because I was like, this is a unique project, but why did you all choose to make it part instrument and then part digital sculpture? Is that something that the client wanted, Chris, or was this something that, um, ESI came up with from the beginning. I know how strategic you guys are when you design and, you know, everything is on purpose. And that's what I love about the team there at ESI. But tell us a little bit about how this, this came to fruition because it's different. It's very different. So, I mean, ESI is a really multi multidisciplinary firm. Um, so we'll take and use like any, anything that we have at our disposal to really create a unique experience. And, that's what we tried to do with this plaza. Um, you know, we we could have renovated the plaza in a much more conventional way. Um, we were thankfully um, uh, we have this great client who um, uh, lets us do some really imaginative things, and uh, we um, we we kind of conceived of this plaza, at, you know, as a whole, along with the lobby of the building, um, and so this element, the chromophone on the outside of the building is actually reflected as well on inside the building in the lobby. So the chromophone, um, furniture, um, new landscape design, new kind of uh, rearrangement of the lobby and a digital media inside and outside that kind of uh, reflect each other was really part of making this um, a cohesive experience um, 
for this place, really making this plaza into a memorable place um, and, and really feel like it's the heart of, of Glendale. So yes, nobody asked us, uh, oh, please make a musical instrument on the side of a building, but uh, it just kind of naturally evolved from our thinking about um, what was there on the plaza to begin with, which was this really large fountain. Um, this is a pretty old building um, and nowadays like people will not um, put a big fountain in a desert really anymore. So the idea of water was really central to the design from the beginning. Um, and we thought about it and um, in terms of like uh, an hourglass, you know, thinking about elements of time, the passage of time, the way that water could kind of um, inform time and also could, could be like a metaphor for how we understand uh, music in a way as well. So that when we come with the waterfall sequencer, we're really thinking of like, well, look at, let's look at this digital waterfall above a real fountain and kind of say, well, how can we make an interaction point that you can see and hear and really, and feel because you're above water while you're doing this, you're actually on a deck above the fountain and really start to see the integration of the, the clock tower element the water element the, the, and the sound element as, as well as just like really cool visualizations there. So that, yeah, was, yeah. that was kind of our initial thoughts about it and how it evolved. I knew, I knew it was super strategic. I knew, I knew that you guys were approaching it from creative design and technology and the way this team blends all three of these things together so perfectly and, only, and pretty much every project uh, is just amazing. It always blows my mind. So this project and, in general is just something that was beautifully done from all three touch points of design, creativity, and technology, and blending that very well into an environment to actually be a living, breathing piece of the environment and not like this standoffish, big digital signage, you know, piece that just has ads on it. Exactly. So I mean, we don't, we, you know, we, the last thing we want to do is slap a big LED screen on a building and then call it a day you know we want yeah. to always make something that is you know bespoke that really feels integrated into the building that really takes a page from the architecture itself and makes the digital elements and the physical elements all one cohesive whole and, and one cohesive integrated element on the building well if i if i had that a uh, big red easy button that's what you guys make make it look like you know that that was easy you guys can definitely continue to hit that as you keep putting out successful projects but you mentioned the inside of the lobby there what what's happening on the inside you mentioned how it's cohesive with what's happening on the outside is there a clock tower a chromophone on the inside like is there uh bells ringing off in there (laughs) so there actually is there's there's you know, um, it's made out of these linear elements on the outside that are um, the actual fixture that's visible combined with a perforated metal in this in this kind of very rhythmic pattern. And so we translated that into the interior of the building in the lobby behind the security desk where we we made an LED feature wall there that is integrated into the stone tile that's applied to the core wall of the building. Um, so what you actually have behind the security desk is you have a stone with uh, slots in it, and each of the slots has uh, an acrylic diffusion and then an LED behind it. And then the media that's playing on the chromophone outside is actually mirroring, the content is actually mirroring to the inside of the space as well. 
And there are lots of places where you can be on the plaza and see the two elements together. Um, but of course, inside, we don't have any sound elements, just the visual element. Uh, okay, okay. I was wondering if security was having a, you know, a dance party all day, listening to, you know, listening to their own sanity. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that sounds like a, a great place just to, you know, go and eat and really just enjoy everything that that plaza has to offer, but also, you know, even if you're not going there for something specific, whether that's a theater or, you know, the eat, you can go like the chromophone is a destination to engage with. Um, so that's exciting because it seems like a lot of city cities are doing things, um, are trying to create these installations to highlight their city or bring attraction to their city or create more community. And projects that I've seen even remotely close to this, like art installations that have an element of music, they're usually just, you know, they're, they're not permanent installations. So as experts in this space that have done it over and over and over again, um, and we're kind of seeing a rise of permanent installations, do you think this is the future? And, and if so, why? Do you think this is going to be a, a continuous cycle? I think, I think building owners, um, commercial building owners and cultural building owners and, and, and cities in general just want to want to stand out now and they want to, they want to use everything at their disposal to stand out. Um, and art installations are really a fantastic way to do that. And something like this, that is very egalitarian, very democratic. It's, it's a private installation that was built by a private developer, but it is really for the plaza and for the whole city. And I think people really appreciate that. And so I think that kind of thing is, is, is definitely really important to give a kind of identity to spaces like this plaza and, 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 and city centers like the city center Glendale here. Yeah, I know, you know, we're still in a pandemic, but when people, as we start getting more and more active, I know that I personally want to be involved and engaged in things that are very interactive and exciting, right? We can't go back into a restaurant and have them be the same way that they were or go to the movies and have them be the same thing they were. When we get out, we are going to want to be fully immersed and engaged and excited about the things that we're doing. And the chromophone is a perfect example of how you can get out, be interactive, touch something, make something, and be a part of the community. And and Aaron, from your from your perspective with the sound element and really bringing this musical instrument to life, uh, what, where, where do you see this going in the future? Do you think it's something that we'll see um, across across the U.S. and across the globe with these permanent art installations? I mean, I hope so. It's definitely a lot of fun and it's definitely an engaging experience that I think there's a sort of element of education in it, too, because of the musicality of it. It can teach young kids something. Um, you know, a lot of the installations I've seen, the, the soundscape is very sort of ethereal. You see people kind of moving their hands across an interaction point, and it's this very smooth, long tones, heavily reverb type of thing, which is really the opposite of what we went for here. Um, and I'd like to see more of that. I hope there is more of that, where there's actually a sort of engagement where you're being challenged a little bit to play something, which would make it more interesting for a longer period of time, right? and pair that with that sort of interactive part that um, that Chris was talking about that's so important. So it's not just, you know, you walk up to it, you kind of rub your hands on it for a second, you think it's kind of cool and you walk away. You can go play with it and, and be engaged and suddenly think like, 
oh, wait, there's, there's something I could do here. I could actually play a whole song. I could actually interact with someone I don't know and play another type of song. Um, so I, if there is more sound design in public spaces that comes out of, um, out of this and comes out of the pandemic, I think I'd like to see it more in that realm than that sort of, I don't want to say generic, but that sort of ethereal kind of, you know, nondescript soundscapey thing that, that you see yeah. so much of. Yeah, true that. And, and while you were talking, something that came to mind is like, this is a space that disabled people can really thrive. Um, you know, sometimes art installations are just visual, right? If if a person can't see, they can still interact with the chromophone and they can oh. communicate through music. And if a person can't hear, they can visually communicate with somebody else on the other side of the chromophone because and kind of, you know, visualize what's happening there. They can still see that. Right. So this this project is open up to uh, a whole diverse the like group of users because people can get active whether they're disabled, young, old, you know, this is something that brings the whole community together and that just puts the cherry on top. Yeah, we watched a lot of people who were really interested in it when we were putting it together and putting the sound in and um it, it was all everybody walking down the streets of Glendale, which you can imagine is a, a largely diverse group of people and they were all super interested in what we were doing, um, which was really cool to be around for. Man, that's that's amazing. And that's how you design projects, everyone. This is how you design. Follow follow this team because the design keeps getting more and more engaging and just more and more superb. So thank you guys for uh, joining me to talk about this amazing project, the Chromophone. Um, and before I let you go, you got to drop some LinkedIn. That's that's the rule here. You have to drop your LinkedIn or tell the people where they can find you. Chris, don't give me that link. You got a LinkedIn? <laughs> <laughs> Of course, I got a LinkedIn. Um, yeah, it's just uh, my name, Chris Niederer. There's not many yeah. Niederers out there, so um, it should be pretty easy to find. All right, Aaron, where can the people find you? Aaron K. Mack on LinkedIn. Cool, cool. And definitely, I have to plug um, the website that will be in the show notes. All right, all right. Thanks for listening, folks. If you're excited to be a part of my techie tribe, make sure you download, subscribe, and review this podcast. And remember to stay creative and keep it techie. Peace.